Hey, baby doll. My name is Scarface. Welcome to the Potable Picture Show, your podcast dedicated to motion pictures and drinking liquors. I'm your host, Kevin McRae, and I'm here to tell you that this episode may contain explicit content. Keep that in mind. On today's episode, we will be taking in a brand new cocktail and cocktail corner. He then slams us with the news. We'll watch a trailer, and then we will jump into feature presentation where we tackle the movie Danny Collins and we use that film as a jumping off point for topics of conversation. Also, there is a secret word or secret phrase today. Let's see if our participants on today's show can locate the secret word or secret phrase. In order for that to happen, we're going to have to go back to the cantina where the aliens are biting. Here we are, back in our lounge area of the cantina. Sitting to the right of me, it is the head organizer of the Sierra Nevada Movie Club. She went to the dentist today and still has enough stamina, verve, and vigor to make it to the podcast. Her name is Heathen. I'm on fire. I'm excited. The dentist got me all riled up. I'm ready. Let's do it. Apparently, there's a long line of pooping on patients in that dentistry family. Sitting next to Heathen on the lounge, it is assistant organizer of the Sierra Nevada Movie Club. I don't... Oh, we went and watched The Room together last night with Wishing Wells. His name is Beer Maker Matt. Hello. Yes, we've seen a lot of things recently. We saw The Room, Rift Tracks... We saw... The Star Wars parody. Star Wars parody. The Kentucky Derby. Kentucky Derby. We saw plenty of films while we were away from the picture show. We saw The Avengers twice. Thrice. Heathen, now that you've seen The Avengers, Matt and I gave our non-spoiler one-sentence review. Can you give your non-spoiler one-sentence review? My non-spoiler one-sentence review would be make sure you purchase your ticket on the right day. (laughs) And bring some Skittles and enjoy yourself. Who's your favorite superhero? Um, I liked Captain America and I liked um, the Scarlett Johansson lady. Black Widow? Yeah. Um, but I think I really liked the twin. The girl twin. 
Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Played by Elizabeth Olsen, related yeah. to the other. I think I would want to have her superpower. That was pretty badass. Mind I think it would fit me well too with my personality. A little mind control. Yeah, she's like your D and D character, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Because in the comic, her superpower or whatever is just known as she gives people hexes, and that's basically what your witch does. Mm-hmm. Also named Heathen or Fajita. <laughs> Watched an interview with her, and she was talking about being on set during like all these super fight scenes and you know all the other superheroes are like heavy in the action and they're training hard and then there she is like waving her hands in the air (laughs) (laughs) well i did see a thing with her and i can't remember who the other one was talking about cool faces yeah because she had some pretty good faces Mm -hmm. like when she's doing the magic class like that's you know i often think about that when i watch people doing a scene where there's going to be a lot of effects or something like that and there's a big crew and a lot of it's going to be filled in later like how hard that is to probably like, do I look fucking ridiculous or like? You do. <laughs> well, we got some. That's not a spoiler. I'm pretty sure everybody knows that you're ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, we got some cocktail chatter this week. It's been a while. See what is here. Hi, Total Picture Show. Greetings from Huntington Beach. I was just wondering, now that you're all off of hiatus, what is the one cocktail that you missed the most? And also, I hate to be a dick, but I can't help myself. I just am one. Sorry, Heather. I don't believe that Advil is in a red eye. I think it's Tylenol. Anyway, have a fantastic day, and I hope to hear answers from you soon. Well, first of all, the red-eye drink was the exact recipe as shown in cocktail, so it's however they made it in cocktail. Heathen didn't come up with that drink. Yeah, I was reading it from a piece of paper, Kellen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Second question, I was really the only one that was on hiatus from drinking, um, but I guess a question, if there was a cocktail, if you, is there a cocktail that you currently miss the most, or if you didn't drink for a while, what cocktail do you think that you would miss the most? Um, I know mine right now, I'm going to say, and I've heard, and I've never been to Hawaii, so this isn't really fair, but I think the cocktail I'm currently missing right now that I wouldn't mind having is a good pina colada. And I've heard that once you have one in Hawaii, you can't really have them anywhere else because you need like that fresh, like creme de cocoa that's made there, not like canned shit like we use here. But yeah, I would like a nice pina colada. I know that's a girly drink, but it sounds good right now. It sounds refreshing. I've been parched all day. Are you gonna wear a skirt when you have this pina colada? No. Well, I might if I'm in Hawaii. Hmm. I would have to say. <clears throat> Probably a really good made Long Island iced tea. Not with like the fake shit. So that's the one you currently miss or the one that you would miss if you didn't drink for a while? Currently. Okay. A nice Long Island iced tea. Which one are you missing, beer maker Matt? Which one is in your mournful mind's eye? Well, mine's kind of a two-parter. So the one that I would probably miss would be uh, like a Tokyo tea, which is kind of like a Long Island iced tea, but... They put uh, Midori instead of Coke in it. Um, but recently, I started drinking uh, something that I hadn't had in a while. Um, but 
just started craving for some reason. So my my nightly tradition now has been uh, just like a half and half of Kahlua and milk before I go to bed. Okay. Yeah. Good one. So you would miss that? I had, well, I was missing it, so I started drinking it again. <laughs> but yeah, I would probably miss that as well. Nice. <clears throat> a little, tr- a little, a little toddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, uh, although pina colada is what I'm missing now, I think what I missed during the 30 days that I wasn't drinking as far as cocktail, because I didn't really miss anything. This was one of the early, easiest 30 days I've had. It's always fairly easy. Last year, um, again, was easy. It's just I, Mike was in town still, and he likes people to drink, and I was at his house, and he would have people over drinking, and he would always have his cucumber tequila shot, so I, I would just have to sit there and watch that, and that's always like, it's not difficult, it just... I don't know. It's you makes you feel weird sometimes. Um, this time, I think there was a couple nights that I kind of just wanted to open a beer and watch TV. But honestly, I think I missed wine. I really wanted to open up a bottle of wine. And if it would be a cocktail, it would have been a martini. There was like one day or a couple days. I was like, it would be yeah. like right <laughs> nice right now to just make a, a nice a nice martini. I think maybe that's what it is. It's just, it's not really going out and having a drink. I guess it would just be like just making some cocktails at home or having a nice dinner with some wine, um, a nice bottle of wine or something like that. Yeah. I didn't miss drinking too much. I didn't really miss beer all that much other than, like I said, um, I could see how certain people, how they, you know, there's different ways. I guess you could become an alcoholic and a lot of it's just that... Um, physical kind of habit so there was some nights where i didn't really know what to do and i was restless and i was like well i could sit on the couch and drink a beer that's probably what i do if i wasn't drinking and it's not that i even really craved the beer i just uh, there was nothing to eat and that would have been a good substitute for food and i just would have felt like well here's my evening beer and tv Mm -hmm. like al bundy that's what he does like this oh my god can you please stop with your balls (laughs) he touches his yeah not his hip dick as long as you don't smell it after. Oh, my God. I just smelled my hip dick. All right, Heathen. I don't think that was your hip dick. I think that was just your balls that you were smelling. My balls aren't on my hip. That is called a hip. That was not your hip that you were touching. When I hip, you hip. We, we ball dip. All right, Heathen. Heathen's Heathen's There's an upcoming Pure Water Brew Challenge in Oregon. Oregon Wastewater Treatment Operator has asked home brewers to make great-tasting beer from hops, barley, yeast, and the key not-so-secret ingredient, treated sewer water. Yes. Delicious (laughs) sewer water. Nice gray water. A gray water martini. The point of the contest is to get people to talk about how a vital resource can be reused thanks to the advanced water filtration. The utility plans to release 300 gallons of this highly purified water in early June to roughly 20 home brewers from the Oregon Brew Crew. Uh, the winnings are from 50 to to $100 and their kegs will be taken to the International Water Conference in Chicago. Hurry now. You want to do it? You want to make some sewer beer? I don't know. That's tricky. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's why I'm I'm tricky. 
I pride myself on getting natural water and not treated water. Well, yeah, water goes a long ways. Um, you know, like that's a lot of beers claim to fame is is the water. Um, Guinness talks about water, of course. Coors talks about their water, but I, I don't know how much I could be the first brewer in Nevada to be like, hey. Check this shit out. I don't know how much I notice um, water and beer. It would be kind of interesting just to do like some side-by-side comparisons of beer, like the exact same beer yeah. made with different water. I'm not sure how much I'd honestly be able to tell the difference. But in pizza dough, I can definitely tell the difference in pizza dough depending on the water that they use. They're going to be naming the winners sometime in August. So we'll have to, I'll have to make sure to... Keep an eye on the news to see who won this puppy. They're probably going to come up with some interesting names, too. Like, uh, Poop Brown Stout. <laughs> or Shit Stout. Talk, talk that's a really, you. that's a dark ale. <laughs> Poo Poo Porter. <laughs> Heffa Wizen. Heffa Wizen. I so, like it. So, Heathen, I need to stop you for a minute. Why? Yeah, that's fine to hit this baby. So we can enjoy this beer that we are uh, we are sharing. Heathen and I sipping beer is called. I need some. <laughs> oh, she already drank all hers. <laughs> so the sipping it beer that Heathen had been enjoying is called Cahoots. It is a Hoots. large, Get it? a large format beer. It is a saison, and um, it does not have urine in it. <laughs> And uh, I'm trying to read here in the darkness. It is urine colored, oh. but it does not contain urine and or fecal matter. <laughs> ale, ale brewed with grapefruit peel, orange peel, seeds of paradise, and coriander. <laughs> and it's got two owls on Why the cover toasting. Um, we should toast. Uh, do you like Saison? Yeah, it's good. I mean, I'm, I don't know. And then Beer Maker, Matt, what's your sipping beer? Um, I've got one of my go-to uh, breweries, Dogfish Head. Uh, I haven't tried this one yet. It's an India brown ale, or Indian brown ale. Clean, well-hopped brown ale brewed with caramelized sugar and hopped liberally and often. What's it called? Indian brown ale. I don't think I've had an Indian brown ale other than uh, maybe... Do we have that one when they were doing the tasting over so there? So what would be the yeah. sewer parody for that one? It's already there, but... Um, <laughs> but I thought of another one, P.P. Pilsner. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should make a segment now for that. So, what? Okay. But yeah, we can. It could be a sponsor coming up. <laughs> Love it. All right, next news, Ethan. Blue Moon is not... A crafty beer, just crafty marketing. According to the Brewers Association, a crafty, a crafty, I can't read my you're own on, writing. You're on, you're on the uh, Run DMC and now Beastie Boys. <laughs> <laughs> according, <laughs> shut up. According to the Brewers Association, a craft brewery must meet the following qualifications. They must produce less than 6 million um, barrels of beer annually. They must be less than 25% owned or controlled by a non-craft brewer. And they must make beer using uh, only traditional or inner innovative brewing ingredients. Troy 
Paskey of Happy Brewing Company filed a lawsuit because they are defrauding consumers by going through such great lengths to disassociate Blue Moon from Miller Coors Association or company. So that's pretty interesting. So, well, it's, um, you know, uh, Miller Coors didn't always own Blue Moon. So what are they supposed to do when they're supposed to buy it? Are they supposed to, like change everything about it change the the marketing and change the label and everything no they should probably create a different category though i mean i understand it because budweiser um i noticed when i went to the budweiser factory that there were certain beers at that time and drinks i didn't realize that they made and that they specifically you could tell were really trying to distance those beers from budweiser to get that audience because there are certain people that there's certain people that if they go to try a beer that they're either snobby enough or they're jaded enough that they're not going to try anything that is mass produced or comes from Budweiser. He did say that if the consumers buy Blue Moon, it does still steer them away from the bottled stuff. Like, you know, just the, let's say the Coors, the Miller, mm-hmm. the the Budweiser. Um, when I was at the Coors brewing factory i don't remember seeing blue moon made there i don't remember it ever probably seeing wasn't it, at the but time, it wasn't because like, it was somewhat recently that, that yeah well in the last maybe three years so i think it might just be he said he was just trying to do it to keep them completely separate because craft brewing is getting your hands dirty where they're actually not doing that with well, blue moon yeah and, and for me craft brewing is you brew a batch and then you know, you may brew another batch in another month, but the flavors are going to be or can be completely different. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you've got a company like Blue Moon, where <laughs> they are mass producing it to the point where it's everything is exact, so the taste is going to be consistent. It still, I guess, can be considered kind of like a craft brew, but it, it's in its own category. It's not going to be the same as if you got, you know, a craft brew from a, a smaller company like you know dogfish head yeah i was reading that uh, like beer maker matt yeah (laughs) i was reading uh that uh, i hadn't heard about this till this i was looking at this article or a related article that there's some other companies that got in trouble and i didn't realize i think one was about kirin that they got in trouble because they were because it's actually not brewed in japan so they had to say they had to come out and say like they were that it was brewed in america because they said they were misleading people and then uh, I can't remember what the other beer was that, you know. But I thought it was interesting when I was talking about the other beers that Budweiser makes, at least when you go on Budweiser's site, those are there, where they're saying when you go on um, uh, who, 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 Miller, Miller that there's, like, no trace of Blue Moon. And if you go on Blue Moon's site, there's no trace of Miller. Yeah, they go through, that's what he was saying, is they go through so much to keep them completely separate, which I guess is okay because they don't, and like I said, they it, bought the company, so yeah. you know I think it's it's sort of fine. And um, if they hadn't, then there wouldn't be a blue moon, right? So no, and I think they just bought it for a lot of money. Yeah, because blue moons was a popular is a f- pretty popular beer. Okay, well, anyway, <coughs> all right. My last bit of news. Everybody's gonna be really excited about this. Marlon Wayans is spoofing Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wayans is teaming up with the producer writer Rick Alvarez. I think that's what his last Rick name Flair. is. Rick um, Flair. To make the new movie called Fifty Shades of Black. 
<laughs> Maybe I can do the music for them. So I'm really excited to see what it's going to be about. Are you really? I wonder how long it's going to take them to come out of the riff tracks for Fifty Shades. Yeah, then I might actually see it. The uh, Fifty Shades of Grey is coming on DVD soon, and it has an alternative ending. And it's going to be unrated, or it's going to be the uncut. Yeah, and you can see the alternative ending where I do not throw up after watching it. You didn't even watch it, so shut up. (laughs) Anyway, that's my news. Is that going to be your new sign off? <laughs> my news. Do it, do it again, but like you're jumping out of an airplane. And that's my news. All right. <laughs> Coming this fall from the producers of Fried Green Tomatoes and the director of Cast Away comes Shit Factory. Previews. Okay, so we've got <laughs> a trailer that we're going to watch, Black Mass, with Johnny Depp, with a lot of makeup. How does that sound even wonderful? Johnny Depp and a lot of makeup? No, your voice. Well, I have the microphones pointed towards the TV, but Matt moved that one back. Oh. <laughs> I was wondering why it was like that. It's like, did I accidentally hit it? <laughs> Boom! Goes the dynamite. What did you marinate this steak? Because it's ours. What are you killing me with? No, no, no. It's a family secret. Oh, come on. You gotta tell me that. What's the secret? Come on. You could do it. <laughs> that is one of the best goddamn steaks I ever had in my life. Ever. What's the what's the what's the fam- what's the family secret recipe? It's gr- it's ground garlic and a little bit of soy. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I thought it was a family secret. It's a recipe. No. Based on a true story. Is this scary? No, it's about a gangster. He looks really scary. You said to me, this is a family secret. He looks you really gave it scary. Up to me, boom. Just like that. You spill the secret family recipe today. Maybe you spill a little something about me tomorrow. Hmm? I'm just saying that you were just saying. Just saying gets people sent away. Just saying. Got me a nine-year stretch in Alcatraz, you understand? So, just saying. Could get you buried real quick. Johnny Depp plays Whitey Whitey Bulger, the gangster. Had an interesting um, accent going on. I didn't like the fake eyes. The fake eyes, like the contacts. Yeah, it made him. It made. I thought he was going to be a vampire. That's why I was like, "Is this scary?" <laughs> no, I'm serious. It made him look like a vampire. That's why I was like, "Is this scary?" Like I was expecting him to jump across the table and be like, 
You said a family secret. Now I'm going to stab you with a steak. Knife. <laughs> <laughs> Some great improv. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Next show in ten minutes. It's something that I, I, I don't think we've ever seen Johnny Depp do. It's a. Not exactly. He played. He was in Blow, but he wasn't like a. Right. An ugly gangster. Um, I think it looks fairly good. There was someone else. Oh, Adam Scott. I also saw in that. It looked like he played like a, a reporter or something. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. What do you think, Heathen? Do you think based on that preview, you would go see it? Well, I just told you it scared me. So, <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I, <clears throat> I don't get why they put those contacts in his eyes. He has brown eyes. It, I think it would have made more of an impression. if. I mean, people with brown eyes, when they're trying to be serious... Well, he was trying to look like the guy. Yeah, I think you're... I don't think I know who you're... the guy is. He's then, a gangster. Uh, Whitey Bulger is a gangster. Oh, okay. I think you just tripped out because you've never seen Johnny Depp look like that. I, I'm not that familiar mm-hmm. with Whitey yeah. Bulger either. I just have heard the name. I didn't like the eyes. <laughs> so in the, Because uh, they were fake looking. I didn't... against blue eyes. So in the audience poll, like well, when the they do the... people with blue eyes, they're stupid. When they do the test marketing, you're going to be like, I won't see this movie because I don't like his eyes. Change the eyes, I might see the movie. I just kind of feel like maybe they should have found an actor that had blue eyes that could have pulled the part. That's just all I have to say. Really? You couldn't find an actor with blue eyes to to fit that part? Johnny Depp was like spot on. Really? Okay. I'm off my high horse. Oh my goodness. It just doesn't make sense. If he's going to be the... Then what's your face that played Katniss in uh Lauren Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah. I mean she was she's a blonde who played a brunette. That's a little different. Eyeballs, How you can tell they're that? fake. <laughs> 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 you can dye somebody's hair. You can put a wig on, but eyes? Yeah, you can Anyway, it didn't look like any, anybody else would have blue Conversation's eyes. Conversations over, Matt. <laughs> I don't think the eyes really bothered me. That it, that wasn't a deciding factor in seeing the film. Um, I just like that it bothered you so much. <laughs> I know. The performance I was seeing from him just in the preview it made me want to want to see it. It looked like that he might do pretty well in that role. I like I like Johnny Depp. I I like to see him in films that don't suck because that seems to be his current career path. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of tired of seeing, uh, just like when we get to Danny Collins later, I'm glad to see Al Pacino not be in a movie that doesn't suck because it seems like these great actors just decide, oh, I'm going to end my career on a chain of 12 movies in a row that are awful. I really think that Al Pacino should probably just, uh, work, you know, stick to the speaking parts and lay off, don't do the singing. And and Al Pacino don't wear contacts. That was, that, and don't sing. (laughs) And I think we should talk about the contacts for another 10 more minutes just to annoy a certain listener. So what about... Um, in Southern California. Did you see the Thriller video with Michael Jackson? Yes. Did you did you like it when he wore the contacts in that video? Well, those were obviously not trying to be like brown eyes or blue eyes. Those were like... Oh, so as long as they're not trying to be brown eyes, eyes or blue eyes, it's okay. <laughs> anyway. <Ridiculous>. Next. <laughs> I see America drinking. 
the fabulous cocktails I make, America's getting stinking on something I stir or shake. Okay, here in Cocktail Corner, we do some cocktails, and that's what we're going to do this week in Cocktail Corner. Uh, Wes going to go with a Tom Collins or one of the other uh, well more, well, more well-known Collins to go along with the movie Danny Collins, but I decided to go with my own drink called the Kevin Collins. It's like a Tom Collins, but a little bit more gay. So Beer Maker Matt's going to help me out with this. Uh, again, I'm going to read out... Um, first, I'm just going to read out the measurements that would be for one person, and then we're going to go ahead and... Um, throw those measurements out the window so we can make them for the three of us <clears throat> Just the but if you're making this drink at home it is going to be two ounces of gin two ounces of fresca one ounce of sour and a squeeze a squeeze of a lime wedge you're going to build this in a glass in a collins glass um but we're going to use all those we're just going to multiply them a little bit so beer maker matt can you take Two ounces, or I'm sorry, can you take the gin? Yeah, go ahead and take the gin and um, just do two uh, two shots of that into the into the cup, into our, our mixy mix cup. I do think I have something to toast to after Matt. It's not as exciting as Matt, but... It's, your toast isn't as exciting as Matt. We are using some fine Kirkland's gin, straight from Costco. Straight from Kirkland... Nevada. Um, not a big fan of this Kirkland's gin, gin, but. Not a big fan of gin, period. Well, you won't taste much of it in this. And then, can you do equal measures of the Fresca? So two shot glasses of the Fresca. I I, I enjoy Fresca. I remember working at a job one time when I was younger, about twenty two ish, when I was working at AT and T, and I went over to the store to get myself a snack or some lunch, and I brought it back and. My assistant manager is like, Fresca, huh? What are you, 60 years old? <laughs> but I enjoy it. It's grapefruit soda. It was more of a squirt man. <laughs> yeah, I like the word squirt. It's got like, a better name. I like cactus coolers. Yeah, I thought about some cactus cooler. And then can you do one shot glass of the sour? <clears throat> Safeway had a pretty good grapefruit soda. When I was uh, in high school, I for a while, I collected different versions of Dr. Pepper. And I kept them as a collection, so you know how there's like Dr. Thunder, Dr. A+, Dr. Smooth was my favorite because of the name. Um, I can't think of the others. And then just hand squeeze all of those limes. All of them? Yeah. Squeeze it! You're not going to get a whole lot of juice in there. Those are old, dried up limes. <laughs> they like, must be squozing. I like my limes the way I like Al Pacino's girlfriends. You squeeze this lime in Dry and shriveled up? Yep. Dried Actually, up. that's not how he likes and his girlfriends. out of juice. He likes him coked up and laying on the grass. No, oh, he didn't like him like that. He got rid of that chick. Only because no she... No spoilers, fuckface. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to do spoilers, at least wait till the appropriate section. <laughs> because I said coked up and laying on the grass, that could be a lot. We she should... could like diet soda and... We should do a new segment called Heather's Spoiler or Heathen's Spoiler of the Week. And, or maybe I should just spoil movies for her because she hasn't seen any of them. I could just go back. That's so not true anymore. So you could just stop saying that. 
But I did say something really funny about Superman yesterday. Yeah, it wasn't that funny. Okay, it was funny because well, it was ridiculous. <sighs> was it going to go into your comedy routine? He is still getting up uh, material. We're waiting for Matt to squeeze four or two. Lines. I tried to put it into my routine just a few minutes ago, and getting a workout here, just squeezing these lines. Oh I'm waiting for my baked potato that Heathen owns me, owes me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I you, have that on recording. You owns me a potato. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, just give it a little swirl. You don't have to swirl it too much because you don't want to beat the bubbles out of the fresca. And then, uh, <laughs> I hate it when I beat the bubbles. And then go ahead and just. Uh, I thought you liked it when you beat the bubbles. E- equally pour those into. Uh, you beat that monkey. <laughs> So I made this actually, or the quantities I gave you, as you can probably see, are, are smaller than a third a person, just because it was easier to do the math this way. I, I basically made a drink for two people, but it's fine. We've got our sipping beers. And and the main thing is just to try our Kevin Collins. Kevin Collins. Hmm. Brought to you by the makers of, of Tater Kevin Tots. and Collins. Even. I love the way you're rolling with your improv. <laughs> that should be the name of your improv group. Rolling with my improv. All right. So before we partake in this tasty cocktail, did one of you have something to drink to? You said you had a better one? I No, I didn't say I had a better one. But <laughs> I refinanced my Jeep today and saved 3% on my interest rate and told Wells Fargo to suck a fat one. Literally. <laughs> Literally? You did tell them that last part? Pretty much. Okay, that's not literally. Then. Do you not know what literally means? Well, while half my face was swollen, or not swollen, but numb. All right. I just thought it was hilarious because I was like, don't fuck with me, man. Matt, what do you got to drink to? Uh, this week is my first week kind of being in Reno full time for work. So. so you only have to go back for special projects or something now? Yeah. Good. Let's drink to that. I'll drink to that. I did call you a bitch. <laughs> what a fucking turkey. <laughs> All right. What do you think of the cocktail before feature presentation? I think it tastes like gin. Really? You can still taste the gin through all that? No, you can't. Yeah. (laughs) Told you, I'm not a big gin fan. Mm. There's a lot of squirt I'm tasting. Or, fresca, sorry. Squirt. I might be. Well, I'm tasting squirts of lime. (laughs) Gin is a very unique flavor, though. So is fresca. Yeah. So are squeezes or squirts of lime. Wozen. I'm gonna I'm gonna order a drink now. That's gonna be my new thing. I'm gonna say, can I get a uh, can I get a gin on the rocks with a squirt of lime? I told you I'm gonna fucking bash you, Franklin and Bash. You're gonna be bash. Oh my! I have another one. My sister okay, shaved her head to the other day. That's pretty cool. Can I drink that? I should have toasted to that. Her head's kind of cute.
Every week in feature presentation, we take a film that we saw with the Sierra Nevada Movie Club, and we use it as a jumping-off point for topics of conversation. So this week, we saw the film Danny Collins. Here is a brief synopsis. Inspired by a true story, Al Pacino, as aging 1970s rocker Danny Collins, who can't give up his hard-living ways, but when his manager played by Christopher Plummer, uncovers a 40-year-old undelivered letter written to him by John Lennon. He decides to change course and embark on a heartfelt journey to rediscover his family, find true love, and begin a second act. So yeah, this film had... um, Was it Annette Bening that was in this? Annette Bening, Al Pacino, uh, Bobby Cannavale. I don't know how you pronounce his name. He's from Boardwalk Empire and from um, Station Agent. And also had Al Pacino's wife. Oh, Jennifer Gardner. And um, yeah, so a good cast. Um, overall, the movie was better than I expected. I love Al Pacino, but when I saw the preview for this, I kept saying, well, I might see that because it's Al Pacino, but the previews to me just did not look very good. I didn't want to see it either. Especially. Well, they, they purposely left out probably the best part of the movie, and I'm not going to say anything more than that, but. Well, you know, and that's good, but yeah, but I just, I thought it was going to be more about him being a singer, because that's what the preview made it look like. It was going to be more of him on stage and stuff, and there was a lot of that, but it wasn't as much as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I was really pleasantly surprised with the movie. I've heard Al Pacino sing before, and I've seen him move, and I really didn't want to see more than what we already saw in the film. I I really don't want to hear him sing again. (laughs) And actually, when you posted that thing on Facebook about him having that show at Grand Sierra or whatever, yeah, I was going to say something about he probably shouldn't sing. Like, (laughs) just stick to the talking. So in the last couple of days, you haven't cut yourself going, hey, baby doll. <laughs> no. Um, they did a good job with that when he sang because they... Why didn't they just find a fill-in singer form to like sound a little bit better than well, he just a tad? Like... He didn't do that much singing. So um, part of it, because that song was supposedly so well-known, he had the audience sing most of it. And that was a good kind of trade-off to not have him really sing any of it. And the only time you really heard him sing was he wasn't really singing. He was like going through a song he was working on so it wasn't like that was really him singing so that was the way they could play that off also you know it was still they could have used somebody else just like the fake eyeballs okay <laughs> oh fake millie Vanilli's okay but but contacts or something's wrong with those millie Vanilli had somebody singing for him because he couldn't sing. Yeah, I understand. Okay, and Johnny worked. Depp doesn't have blue-colored eyes. So, is he supposed to just <laughs> do close-ups on someone with blue eyes when it's... <laughs> <laughs> they make dinosaurs. They make monkeys do all kinds of things. What? The GCI make... or whatever. <laughs> See, I should just not be talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so. I'm just gonna add that to my. I'm gonna I'm gonna add all of this to my stand up routine GCI and be very serious about it all, like totally serious. Graphic card interface or something. <laughs> so in this movie, um, as we just talked about, it's a um, about a oh, it's based on a true story, uh, and I vaguely remember this happening. 
Um, Julianne Moore and Jeremy Renner were originally cast. Um, Julianne Moore was going to play Annette Benning's part, and Jeremy Renner was going to play Bobby Cannavale's part, but because of budgeting or whatever, that fell through. <clears throat> the project originally was set up by Warner Brothers and was to have Steve Carell play the um, Al Pacino part. That was back in 2011, and that fell through. Uh, as I said, it is inspired by the story of singer Stephen Tilston, who learned of the existence of a letter that John Lennon, John Lennon had written him uh, over 40 years ago. So, um, Danny Collins, played by Al Pacino, he's uh, he's a uh, aging rock star, kind of just playing the hit circuit to old people, and he's not really digging it. And then he finds out that John Lennon had written him a letter 40 years earlier kind of giving him some advice and tell him to call him anytime and to work on stuff. And um, Al Pacino says, if I would have got this letter 40 years ago, my whole life could be different. I maybe would have went in a whole different direction instead of this piece of shit direction that, that it ended up in, which it really wasn't a piece of shit considering um, he had a nice house and a young wife and lots of money apparently. But if you guys, what's a letter that you could receive from someone that um, either now would change your life or something that maybe, you know, if you would have gotten it 20 years ago or something and you just found out now. Um, what's a scenario like that where who, who would write you a letter that would have kind of blown your mind and you would have framed the letter and been like, well, that's interesting if that letter would have got to me before. Are we going like off the wall here? Cause Anything, yeah. The only thing that comes to mind is if I, you know, had like written myself a letter. And like sent it back through time or something. Sure. Yeah, I guess that would have been cool to be like, Dear Heather, don't get knocked up. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard for me to think of one because um, part of the reason this letter was so important to Al Pacino, or I'm sorry, Danny Collins, is because Danny Collins was um, like a hotshot, up and coming rock star, and that was all he wanted to do was that was his profession. So. Um, I was, I'm not really that passionate about, I don't have, I'm not passionate about training or doing audits that same way. There's like nothing in my life that, um, I would have the same attachment to that Danny Collins had to, to music. So the closest thing I could think of, which would not have the same effect as if like George R. R. Martin wrote me a letter about like some writing he saw that I did or something, or he went online and saw something that I wrote and wrote me a letter and said like, Hey, I like that story. Keep up the good work. Like it would probably would change my life and i'd be like oh i really should do some more writing someone believes in me you know if if just a regular joe smo wrote me a letter and said hey that was a good story keep writing then i'd be like well you're just an idiot (laughs) or maybe if um the master cake dude from like ace of cake not like the the people now but from when they first started like way back it's in the, the same day guy. um uh, no but he's different now God, i can't remember his, his name is name duff right. yeah duff um now i mean not the who he is now but who he was like back in the day yeah um if, if re- he wrote me a letter saying hey your cakes are pretty badass hey, you should baby, need, you no. should keep that up <laughs> maybe that would be something or uh i guess Maybe a singer saying, continue and maybe pursue that a little bit more. What if a singer told you to continue to make cakes? (laughs) What if Mariah Carey said, these cakes are the balls? Actually, it would be really cool if 
Dick Kovacevic, I don't know that the is. old CEO of Wells Fargo, sent me a letter and said, keep on banking, bitch. Keep on banking. Keep on banking. That, no, banking. <laughs> that would be great. No, I'm just kidding. Banking, because you suck at banking. Women don't belong in the workforce. Drop the N. Drop the N. You drop the N all the time. No, I don't. You drop the N bomb. My best friend, Shakisha, does. <laughs> Oh, so it makes it okay. I got lots of yeah, black friends. She's half of black. She's, she's half, half of black. black. <laughs> oh my god! Like half a fag, half a black. <laughs> okay, so um, this film, as you got from the previews, this isn't a spoiler. Is uh, about Al Pacino or Danny Collins trying to reunite with his son, and it's difficult because his son, uh, for obvious reasons, holds a grudge. What is your take on grudges? Actually, Matt and I kind of talked about this a little bit before um, uh, before we watched The Room. Emily and our Wishing Wells and Matt and I talked about grudges because I was talking about our experience at the distillery and how I should go back, but I kind of hold grudges for too long. I don't hold them as long as I used to. I used to hold grudges forever, like in grade school. Like some kid would piss me off in third grade, and I wouldn't talk to him like up to like 12th grade. And, yeah. be, and then I would think, he's probably a nice guy. I probably <laughs> should give him another chance by now. <laughs> I would think that you're, I continually think you're a person that doesn't hold grudges because you're always the person that is like, well, maybe they're thinking this or maybe, and that's what pisses me off about you because I'm like, why are you always being the devil's advocate? Like, that's, that's who different. the hell cares what being, they're thinking? That's, or being like a, like a pessimist or... Devil's advocate. Well, and that's different than not holding a grudge. So I do try to, like, find out why someone maybe did something first before I jump yeah. to conclusions. But once they've actually pissed me off, then... And it could be a small thing. Then I'll be like, no, dude. Well, if you, they've pissed you off, you really have tried to figure out why they've done something? You drank the milk and put the carton back in the fridge, dude. It's not cool. Did you go and ask them why they did it? Yeah, that I might have. The... Hey, why the fuck did you put the milk carton back I in the fridge? So. Because I was too lazy, bro. That's it. <laughs> no. Grudge on. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I think, I don't know about women. I think that maybe a lot of men hold grudges longer because of like like i was saying i hold grudges because it's like a kind of a pride thing like i don't want to admit that i was wrong so like the distillery thing yeah they messed up they apologized there's no reason why i shouldn't go back but i was like well you guys kind of hurt my feelings you made me feel disrespected i think it's the opposite i'm like i know a lot of women who you know will refuse to ever talk to like an ex again where like you know men are probably a little bit more i don't know receptive to well, as far as the ex thing, I don't know what it is, but it just never seems to be that way for me. It just, I try to remain friends or whatever, but they just can't. And it it works out best that way to just yeah, cut it yeah. and let it go, whatever. So, Heathen, do you but, have any lasting grudges right now? Do you have a current grudge with anyone? Ham dogs. <laughs> okay. So uh, the place that we had our Oscar party at, um, they kind of, we had a good party and, and the party went off okay, but they kind of screwed us. They charged, charged us $400 for dried up hot dogs. And then they went out of business and he then went on their Facebook page and wrote, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, after their post that said like, 
sorry to everyone. We worked really hard. We have to sell everything in the next two days. We're, we're liquidating everything. Come by and get everything. We tried to make it work out. There's just no way to get around this. With heavy hearts, we had to let go of all of these employees who have kids and families. And then Heather just wrote, yay. You should have walked in and said, this is fine. This is yeah. fine. This I wanted fine. to. We, we talked about stuff really like that. To. Like going in and being like, what's worth 400 bucks in here that we That's- can take that's, home with yep, us that's what i wanted to do that's seriously what i wanted to do i really wanted to like take it to a whole nother level and then walk out going yay yep. <laughs> just do like a, a grab and dash kind of a thing and leave a, a check for you know like an i this was you know your bill for four hundred dollars and <laughs> middle fingers bitch so beer maker matt you're a pretty easy going guy you're hard to get worked up do have you ever had any long lasting grudges or any grudges now now the only thing that I can think of, because I get along with pretty much anybody, and the only one, the only person that I've, you know, never really got along with was one of my uh, previous bosses, working at probably one of the best companies I've worked at, which was Google. Um, she was just a horrible person, and <laughs> I it got to the point where I let it get to me, and pretty much con- um, contributed to ruining my relationship at the time so i yeah i held a grudge for her for a long time but you know that was many moons ago and i've kind of let it go one of my managers at b of a tried to frame me for stealing money i mean i (laughs) found that out thank god because that would have like absolutely (laughs) absolutely i mean that is a game changer that's like a career well, especially if she was the one stealing the money. She was, yeah. <laughs> and the only thing that saved my ass was video. Yeah. Video, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because um, you're actually not supposed to... Frame just people? Sign, well, yeah. But you're, <laughs> you're supposed to handle transactions, but once you get to know people, you know, you you and they say not to ever trust anybody, but yeah. when it gets busy, you it's your manager and you know people, so... You're like, I need a, a second officer to sign off on this. And and so you just do because yeah. it's busy and you don't want to so you, you go around protocol sometimes. And it was uh, thankfully under $5,000. It was something, you know, like $2,800 or whatever. But that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I want to say like a couple months later, corporate properties pulled me in or corporate properties, nah, corporate securities pulled me in and they were like, so, um, there's money missing. And I'm like, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. So they pulled their receipts and everything. I'm like, there's my signature. There's the head teller signature. She was trying to fire, get us, get us both fired. Mm. And both of us were like, we didn't actually do this transaction. Like we don't even remember doing it. And they were writing us up to fire us. And finally I said, no, you guys need to pull the yeah. security cameras. And it, they put us on leave for a couple of days, paid leave and they pulled the security cameras and sure as shit, it was her. <laughs> yeah. Thank. So she pocketed the money. And how much longer did you stay at that company? Um, another month and I quit. Yep. Scared the shit out of me. But anyway, on um, to the next thing. Yeah, I don't think I really have any any like too big current ju- uh, grudges. Like I said, I had a lot when I was younger. 
against people in school and things like that. Um, yeah, ham dogs probably would have been my big, <laughs> biggest one also. I was really upset with them. But, um, but yeah, I also joked with Wishing Wells that uh, I, I can't remember what it was about, but I said something about, like, eventually Heathen and I are eventually, eventually not going to be able to go anywhere because we've been pissed off at just about everyone in Reno. <laughs> with the service especially heathen she's a she's a stickler for good service and if they don't provide good service yelp's gonna be hearing about it well because i provide good service to my members or you know service um, to members yeah <laughs> she likes servicing people i service my members mm-hmm. and i S- expect it back Kevin, kevin's member Ooh. do unto others as they would have done unto you there's a difference between love and lust, and it's a spit and a swallow. So I'm not going to really talk about the spoiler in the film, but there's a part where Danny Collins um, kind of gets pressured into doing the popular thing instead of what he was trying to set out to do, which is what he wanted to do. Um, has that ever happened? Ugh. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you guys, or is it ever? And it sounds like I'm staging it like a high school thing, but but obviously that's not how it was in the movie. Is there anything where you you end up doing something just to make people happy, or make a group of people happy, or you just go with the flow instead of doing what you really want to do? I mean, we all do that. I I do that all the time. Like I really, you know, with the movie group or with other things, I, I see movies I don't necessarily want to see, or um, you know go eat places i don't necessarily want to eat just because it's not that big a deal but can you think of some sometimes uh bigger big idea or big examples or small examples where you've uh just kind of gone with the popular thing instead of what you would have preferred to do yeah i think for the most part i'm the same way i don't really care most of the time I, it doesn't bother me to appease people uh, that actually i kind of like um you know appeasing people but um I know you kind of joked about the high school thing, but that's kind of the, the the first thing that pops into my head is my first love in high school. It was uh, dating a girl that um, not a whole lot of people liked, including my close friends. So I kind of gave in to peer pressure mm-hmm. after a couple of weeks of dating her um, and ended up, I guess, breaking her heart because mm-hmm. we actually did actually care for each other. Um all because you're your asshole friends. Good job. Well, I found out later they were really kind of pressuring me to dump her because um, one of my friends actually had a huge crush on me. And then you after I dumped her, um, she kind of stopped talking to me. So it was kind of like, oh, you guys pressured me to dump this person, and the whole reason you were doing it is you know, negated now. High school is like – high school and junior high, I think, is, is – well – yeah, a really difficult time. Yeah, for, for some everybody. People. Yeah, not for everybody. Well, yeah, not for you. But actually, no. if you think about it, sometimes I analyze your high school experience. I'm like, yeah, you kind of had a rough deal too. I guess. No, I mean it is hard for everybody because um, I just think not not necessarily school, but that age is is hard for for anybody because you want to be an adult, you want to be treated like an adult, and some some people are an adult, but you're still most people aren't completely an adult either and you still have you don't have the cognitive ability to be i mean some people do i no you don't yeah some people do no there's some people that move out of the house at 15 16 and and do okay um my mom did i 
probably would have been all right. I mean, obviously, I didn't know as much as I thought I, I knew, but I, I would have been fine moving out at 16 and, mm-hmm. and getting along and everything. Uh, of course, you know, like I said, like every other teenager, I thought I knew everything. And, and through experience, I got taught that um, just because I really want something or hope something will be that way, that it's not always going to be that way and uh, got faced with a lot of disappointments. But, you know, that's life. Mm. Yeah, you learn from it. Um, what was the question? Oh, doing the popular thing versus the what you want to do. Yeah, I already kind of said mine. I mean, I, I do it all the time. I'm trying to think of, of bigger ones. I know. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a specific time, but I can't. I, I'm not good enough at doing really anything. Like, I don't have, like, that party trick or that joke or that song where people, like, are constantly saying, like, do that, do that. I, I mean, all I can think of, and it's not really a good example, is I... I used to have friends, um, even out of like high school, but they would introduce me to someone. Um, they'd say, Hey, this is my buddy, Kevin. He's really funny. Do something funny. (laughs) And I'd be like, I don't know how to do that. Like I'm not that kind of funny person. I would have, I would have, I would have done it on command if I could, you know, I'm not Jim Carrey. I can't just start freaking out or whatever. (laughs) Maybe that's what I should have done. It's just like, I don't know. Taking off my pants. Did a puppet show with my dick. Punch yourself in the face. Um, but yeah, I'm not good enough at anything to. I I I wasn't uh, very affected by peer pressure as a kid, really, other than um, getting in trouble for stealing mail. I but, wasn't either because I pretty much surrounded myself with people that wanted to do stuff that I wanted to do. So it was like which was bad stuff. You were like the uh, peer pressure. Yeah. Well, and that's really funny because my friends were like, I did this because of you. And I'm like, that's so not true. I did this from watching you, Heather. No, I just, I was like, one time we were all going to go and smoke pot. And my mom's like, go to California because it's illegal in Nevada. And that's all she said. Do it in the house or go to California. So part of you know. Danny Collins' um, issues with his tour and other things was he didn't just want to go out and play the same old songs for the hundredth time. Hey, baby doll, his one hit that they um, showed in the movie that he had that people liked so much that they had T-shirts of it. Um, I know this is always a tough thing. I know a lot about bands that they don't want to go out and fucking play, especially if it's a band that only really had one song. Um. Um, I'm just trying to think of some off the top of my mind. It's not the greatest example, but I know like Warrant did not want to go play Cherry Pie again. Um, <clears throat> but I've gone to concerts where bands really didn't want to play their hits and they ended up playing like almost their whole new album that hadn't even come out yet and no one knew the songs. And then there's also times where you go and there's there's a lot of bands, these are the older bands that are just basically touring on their hits. A lot of them that don't even have the original members. They're just getting by by being a cover band basically. Like like, you know, Journey or you know, there's some 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 bands that haven't come out with a new album in like 20 years. They're just trading off their legacy. Um so where do you stand on that when you go and see a show? Do you want to see new music? Do you want to see the old music? Do you want to see a good combination of both? I pro- that's probably your answer. I think that's most people's answer. But um, does it like I know with me, it used to piss me off if if I went to a concert and I knew like every song the band had ever played and they just played too many of their songs that, of an album that hadn't even come out. If they do one or two, that's cool. But when they do like yeah. nine off the new album, I was like, I don't I don't know any of these. Like, I want to get excited. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you're going to see a band that um, hasn't released anything, 
and it's all the new music that is going to be a sucky concert or, um, you know, the other way, uh, there's gotta be a good mix. Like, um, my example is I took, uh, my mom to a Scorpions concert in high school. Um, she wanted, all she really wanted to do was listen to the winds of change because it had just came out Mm -hmm. for them. And it was a song that was on the radio, but they really focused on like all of their old music. And my mom, you know, she is just kind of a person that's like, I've already heard all the old music. I want to hear the new music. Yeah, that's great. But so we, it was getting towards the end of the concert and people were getting like really drunk and we were on the floor and people were starting to mosh. And this was like in like 93, 94, they were moshing to the Scorpions and they never played the winds of change. And it was a song that was on the radio. They never played it. We were so pissed off. Biggest song. Yeah. Um, we were so pissed off. And might've... that's the reason why I bought the ticket for her. And that was, you know, in high school, Ticket money wasn't exactly easy to come by. You had to... Although it was much cheaper back then. Well, but, but still, that high reminds, school... That reminds me of something else, though, with, with bands that um, you brought to my mind. Is also, what do you think about when a band goes out and they play their classics and people want to hear them, and then they just play a completely different version because those artists can't play it for the four hours of time. And a good example I saw of this is when I went and... Um, well, I used, I worked at concerts for a summer, so I would work like the, the gates or whatever, and then I'd get cut and I could go watch the concert for free. So I saw a lot of concerts I normally wouldn't have seen otherwise, like Brooks and Dunn and uh, Alanis Morissette. But um, I saw Steve Miller band, who I'm not a huge fan of, and they did a lot of their well-known songs, but they completely changed them. And <clears throat> to me, I think that's kind of cool because I've heard the original song, and it was neat to see something like a different version. But a lot of people, as you said, spend money on a concert ticket and they want to see that version of Fly Like an Eagle. They don't want to hear like the slide guitar jam version with the reggae beat of Fly Like an Eagle. I think it's I think it's OK to do that if you can flow between the old version and a new. Yeah, it was completely if you can go new. back and forth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's kind of different if you just do it for just one song, but they did they did it for like all their songs were completely reworked. See, I'm I don't know if I'd be okay with that. I I do like it when they do like an acoustic version mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Like that, I'm okay with. But I'm, yeah, if they completely redo the song just to modernize it or whatever, it, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't, yeah, I totally understand what it feels like to um, sing the same song, play the same song act the same play it gets boring um but yeah but when you're if you're a band like the Steve Miller band paid. or something or journey mm-hmm. you're you've been doing this for so long you're being paid to do it yeah so. i mean and you're well you're you're kind of in your retirement or close to retirement so mm-hmm. you know you why not do the old stuff? It's just kind of... That's kind of what I thought in the movie, too. I'm like, really? I, but see, for me, it was like, it was just, it's just that one song. So what I would have done is done the Hey Baby Doll. Right, yeah. And then played the song. Like, yeah, I just, think he did it all wrong. Like, he went out there... Well, that's would have been the obvious reason. But that's just reason. the movie. And, 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 and most bands will say, hey, I want to, you know... 
saying, hey, baby doll for you. But before that, I want to play you something new. Or vice versa. You know, we're, that I've we're put a lot of hard new. work into and I hope you like it kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Yeah. And there's and there's people that, that do a good mi- mixture of both. Like Rob Zombie, like he doesn't want to play Thunder Kiss 65 again. And he does. And when he does it, it looks like he's having a great time doing it. And he's probably said the same banter. Like they'll play the little bass riff and, and get the crowd going. He's like, yeah, I know all you crazy motherfuckers want to hear this, but I know because I've read interviews. It's like, I, I, I hate playing that song. I wish I never had to play that song again. And then he'll just mix in his new stuff and mm-hmm. everything else. So, yeah, you get paid. He understands that he, he's getting paid. He wouldn't be doing that. There's a lot of um, artists that don't realize um, that their fan base. Like uh, I've heard that Scott Weiland, the singer from Stone Temple Pilots, is getting like that where he doesn't understand where his income comes from and he's pissing off the fans so much that he's going to not have anything to do anymore because he thinks that he's still relevant and you know, you can't treat your fans like shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people get uh, mad at uh, Maynard from tool for, for certain things because he, he makes wine and he was doing a thing um, where he was signing wine or whatever. And people wanted to come and hang out. If anyone knows anything about tool, He's not a very social guy. He doesn't really want to talk to people. And people are pissed off at him because he wouldn't look at him or anything. He just was like, sign the wine and waiting for someone else to go. If they're real Tool fans, they should understand. He's not going to sit there and chat with you about your fucking Labrador Retriever and shit. He's there to sell his wine. Can you shut your phone off? No, I I would have uh, totally understood that. Um, It's kind of a bummer the last, well, the two tool concerts that i've seen have been nothing um short of a disappointment you thought the last one was disappointing well i had a good time but um their performances are not i keep saying it they don't perform the way they do in bigger cities because it's reno oh and also mike had said that Tool used to be more of a performing band, and yeah. but that's when they were younger, and and you know people's ideas change, and 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 they definitely want. It was a conscious de- decision with them early on. We're getting kind of off su- su- subject, but it was kind of conscious uh, decision from them early on to let the music stand alone. That's why they're never in their videos. That's why they're never on the album covers or anything. They want, um, they don't want the image associated with their music. They want it to. I understand that, but they're. Their concert performances are pretty outrageous, and you can't even see them. But their performances are outrageous without well, even seeing them, and it's just not there in Reno, which bothers hmm. me. Well, I thought it was good, but anyway, it was still it was still good. <laughs> but I was waiting for the. So last um, topic for this: the whole soundtrack, and we've seen other movies where they do this. Um, they've done it with Beatles and. Um, I'm trying to think of other things, but the whole soundtrack to Danny Collins is all John Lennon songs because of the relationship of the catalyst of the story. Um, if they made, instead of making a movie called Danny Collins, if they made a movie called Heathen or they made a movie called Beer Maker Matt, what would be the one artist or band that you would like to do the soundtrack to your movie that would be about your life? Heathen? I would say <clears throat> either um, Journey. Or Shania Twain. You know, I consider Journey, like, they don't mean that much to me, but they have... A, a lot of the bands that I really like, I didn't think w- are dynamic enough in their different kinds of songs. 
Like, like I was thinking bad religion. Well, I can't have a whole song that's just all like fast paced punk songs that are 90 seconds long. Like that's not going to be very good. And then, you know, and I thought of Alice in Chains, who I love, but Jesus, that would be a depressing movie. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Journey, I thought would be pretty good. Um, So which one would you pick? Uh, Well, I was pretty much raised on Journey, so I'm going to have to say Journey. All right, Beer Maker Matt, how about you? What band would be the soundtrack to Beer Maker Matt, the film? Well, I had two that just kind of came to mind, but it was the same kind of thing as you. Was, uh, one of them is just kind of really loud and um, can be kind of repetitive, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, that would be interesting. Um, and then the, the other choice... Um, which is another band that's non-existent now, which, well, has, was really never existent, was a Perfect Circle. Oh, that would be a good one. Of course it's existent. We were just talking about the lead singer. <laughs> yeah, but... It's very existent. I don't know what they do. Um, like I said, They I, play good music. <laughs> yeah, they're good. He's like, got like three or four bands. He's yeah. like, like I said, I thought of a lot. Um, it was it was really tough, and I I pretty much threw out the window. I, I actually then I tried to think of Sacramento bands because I thought that would be cool to have like music from where I'm from. Um, but it's like, well, do I want? I'm not going to do Papa Roach, and I'm not going to do Cake. Like the music for Cake, it would be interesting to have Cake. But mm-hmm. and then I thought Tesla, they're kind of. I dynamic. want a girl with a short skirt and a long <laughs> jacket. But I actually went with a band that's not even, or it's, not, it's actually an artist that's not really even up there on like my top twenty list. I went with Citizen Cope. I I listen like there a lot of his music that I listen to makes me want to write like scripts. Um, I, I I've written like um scenes to his music before. So I thought, well, that might carry over well to um, to movies. It's just like one guy, kind of a, I don't know, I don't know how to describe him, if no one's heard him. He's kind of like back without all the weirdness. <laughs> just like a guy that does music. I don't know how to describe him. Nothing too weird. Just like vanilla rock music. <laughs> like my movie. Like my life. <laughs> Okay, Heathen, anything else either one of you guys want to talk about about the movie? Any themes, performances? Um, do you think it would have been different with different actors? Did you? Um, I think it would have been different if you wore blue contact lenses. Yeah, it would have been shitty then. It would have been really <laughs> shitty. Been like, oh, man. They could have had a better actor than Al Pacino. And I liked I like when, when um, I always think this is a really tough thing. They did this with that thing you do, and they did it with uh, Crazy Heart. How they take they make up a song that's supposed to be really well known, and um, that thing you do I thought was really cool. Like I haven't seen that movie for a while, but every time I, I watch it, that that song's in my head for like a week. Crazy Heart, those songs I thought were awesome. They really sounded like they could be country songs from from the seventies or whatever. Um, Baby Doll, uh, I was trying to figure out because I couldn't remember the story, and I knew it was kind of loosely based on a real person, extremely loo- loosely based. Basically, the only thing that was based on the story was the letter. Um, but I thought it was more closer to a real story. So I was like, who is this guy supposed to be? Is he supposed to be Neil Diamond? Because that song reminded me, I was like, Neil Diamond could sing that song. Hey mm-hmm. baby doll. It sounded like a Neil Diamond song. And I was like, oh, he kind of dresses like Neil Diamond. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Neil Diamond like did a bunch of Coke and like married 20 year olds and stuff. So I was trying to think of what I knew about Neil Diamond. Um, but, uh, yeah. Oh, and then, and then the other song that he started writing, I thought it was a nice song. Mm-hmm. About it's spring, but 
leaves the still leaves fall. fall. Yeah. All right, Ethan, you ready to do your rank? Well, don't we have the porn parody? Oh yeah. If they made a porn parody of Danny Collins, what would it be? A fairy's colon. A fairy's colon? Mm-hmm. Weird. <laughs> you are so weird. <laughs> oh. I love it. Okay. Wow. Okay. Beer maker, man. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get that out. Uh, and you're welcome. I was trying to think of something like comes a... <laughs> Something comes or something, yeah. Mine would be Danny's balling. I think mine's the best. Comes a colon, yeah. I would never see a movie called A Fairy's Colon. <laughs> it's great. It's <laughs> actually, I would probably would look at it and be fairy's like, what a the hell a is this A Fairy's a colon. Oh, there. A Fairy's a colon? No, no A Fairy's colon. colon. <laughs> I, is that a gay porn? Yeah, is it is. It? Oh, okay, I'm not seeing it. Well, you don't have to. It's You asked me for a, a porn parody, and there you go, boom. <laughs> I needed something to drop. Boom. <laughs> so, if you have any suggestions for your porn parody of Danny Collins, you can send those in to potablepictureshow at gmail.com. Danny Collins. Yeah. yeah, better than a fairy's calling. Jesus Christ. At least it didn't have um, whatever she usually has in it, anal or something. It's an anal Christmas. <laughs> I still do have anal in it. Well, yeah, but at least you're you're branching out in your vocabulary. You're using your uh, anal thesaurus, which would be a good name. I'm using diction. Correct diction. Yeah. Um, using medical terms now. And then, well, I'll say just because you break a hoe doesn't mean you snap the neck. Okay. You ready to do? Are you ready to do your rank? The so, Heathen this week is ranking some Collinses. We have Phil Collins. You might know him as the drummer of Genesis that became a I singer and now became a solo artist. Tonight. We have Judy Collins, folk pop singer of the 60s and 70s. We have Jason Collins. He was the first openly gay uh, NBA player. We have Joan Collins, uh, probably most well known as being the actress from Dynasty. And we have Michael Collins. There's a couple Michael Collins. We're talking about the Michael Collins that stayed in orbit while Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin made the first lunar landing. So, Heathen, um, first, on what basis will you be ranking these? Um, that's a good question. I'm just going to say... Alphabetically. <laughs> <laughs> That would be funny if you did rank them all, and I said, well, how did you rank those? Oh, it's alphabetical. <laughs> Let's keep that in mind. Um, I'm going to say that... See, I don't want to say based on importance. Be- okay, I'm just going to say based on <laughs> my importance, okay? How important to you? Based on Heather's... The world according to Heather. Okay. Okay. Start with five or start with one? Um, The cake to the cream. Okay. So we're starting at five and going up to one. Five being the least important to heathen, one being the most important to heathen. Gay Collins. Gay Collins? Is the least important. what you're going to call him? Yeah. Okay. Is that okay? His name is Jason Collins. Jason Collins, the first openly gay 
Okay, you don't have to NBA. go through the whole description. So, Gay Collins, I'm sorry, Jason Collins is going to be <laughs> number five. Um, Judy Collins, number four. Um, ooh, this is going to be difficult. Uh, Joan uh, Collins. Okay, number three. Uh, Michael Collins, number two, and Phil Collins. Phil Collins is number one. If I hadn't stopped you at Gay Collins, were you all going to give them nicknames? Were you going to go like Gay Collins? Astronaut Collins. <laughs> yes. Folk singer Collins. Mm-hmm. Bitchy actress Collins. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't. You're just no, I was. bailing yourself out now. I was. Yeah, right. And I was going to say um, the Clay Collins. Because he, well, not Clay Collins, like as in your friend, but. Okay. Because he made the video with the Clay and the president. Phil Collins. Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. Let's go to last I call. Know what you're talking about. Okay, thank you. <laughs> last call. Looking at the world through the bottom of a glass. All I see is a man who's fading fast. Last call. Um, anyone want to take a crack at the secret word or phrase? Has to do with piano. Dan- has to do. Has to do with. It's a good guess. Has to do with Danny Collins's audience. Old people. The secret phrase is old people. <laughs> the secret phrase is old people. So here then, you get a sticker on your board. Aren't Yay! you excited? Um, so what's that song? This is the world we live in. Oh, you know so, that song where they're all clay? So, oh, um, no, they're puppets. Are they puppets? Okay, so if you know the answer to that, <laughs> write in so we can stop talking about it. I do want to say on the movie group, we are in our Elite Eight in the sports movie tournament. We have Field of Dreams versus The Hustler, The Blind Side versus Jerry Maguire, Dodgeball versus Hoosiers, Caddyshack versus Rocky. If you want to vote on the Elite Eight, get on this action before it's over. The votes the last couple of weeks have been extremely difficult. Caddyshack versus Rocky was tough. Last week we had some tough ones. Um, go to Facebook. Find the Sierra Nevada Movie Club. Just search out Sierra Nevada Movie Club and find us on there. Join us, and then you can vote. Also, if you want to be part of Cocktail Chatter, don't forget about that. You can call us, 775-996-3986. Our recorded VIP hotline is open 24 hours a day. Um, I don't even know if someone's called until my phone tells me that there is a new message waiting, which had been a while, so it was nice to have some messages uh, next week, we do not know what movie we're seeing, what's up for a vote right now, and uh, people have voted for pretty much every movie that's available. So we'll see what that will be. Um, and you can go to meetup.com and vote for it if you would like. Actually, we don't want you to do that unless you live in the area. Don't vote for movies that you're not going to show up for. Um, <laughs> if you are want to join us in the area well, and go see a movie. If you're then, on Meetup, you can't vote unless you are in the group and shouldn't be in the group. Unless and that's area. what I'm trying to... Sell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <a soft> sell. <laughs> uh, we will have a lot of big movies coming up, um, including Mad Max Fury Road and Pitch Perfect 2. Two equally great movies. <laughs> I'm hoping to host a bowling event for that one, the Pitch Perfect, so that'll be fun. Mm. That'd be a great mashup. At um, the Shelter? No, that's not what it's called. Shelter's the, the bowling alley there. Yeah, yeah that's where I want to have it. Where? We can talk about that off the thing. So, Heathen, do you have any last words? (laughs) 
Um, there is a nice fishing boat company that's up for sale by Clay Collins. Yep, that's true. If you want to buy a fishing boat and a business in Arcata, California, um, go check that out. On Look Facebook. for it on Facebook, Shenandoah, Shenandoah Charters <laughs> by Clay Collins. Uh, beer maker Matt, any last words? Yay! <laughs> we have a band of the week. It's the return of Unmissing Leak, the uh, band that has brought you such songs as Fuck You Like a Dinosaur, The Midget Song, and Fifty Shades of G- Gary. They are back this week with their song Mud City Drunk. Keep it wet, everybody. <laughs> I'm just a country pound, just a mud city drunk, and you know my reputation. I like to stay up late, I like to get shit faced, and my soul's in desolation. Over my beer, I know everyone that comes to here. Introduce myself, don't be a stranger. Forty minutes later, in my Ford Ranger. Should've tried, but that's okay. No license to lose anyway. Concentrating on the road, and I hope that I don't throw up. Can't name your name, but you sure look pretty. Classy tattoos and nice big titties. Right lights, yes, police cars, no. Look down your dress, I begin to grow. I'm just a mud city drunk, just a country punk, and you know my reputation. I like to stay up late, I like to get shit faced, and my soul's a desolation. your house, we had some shots, you went to the bathroom, I took out my cock, the look on your face that I make a mistake, you motioned me down, I didn't hesitate, unzip your pants, panties too, you've got brush like a zoo, like did mud, your puss smells rotten, but I want my dick just like Bin Laden, drank too much and couldn't get a heart on, pass the face down in your garden. Waking up this red ants crawl Biting my nose and biting my balls Can't your news every week be a Bill Cosby update? <laughs> there should just be a tally mark. He got heckled.
And he said, stop it. Fuck, I can't read this shit. <laughs>